All right, hello everyone. Thanks for joining in. We are back for another episode of Planeta Patineta, where we talk about everything skateboarding here in the Chicagoland area. So today we have a very special guest. Um, I don't like to call these interviews because in a sense, everybody that I've quote unquote interviewed, I know them. So it's more like just like a chat that we like share with our viewers and listeners. Um, but this, our guest is someone that I know very well. I think for like two years we've been knowing each other. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've seen each other grow so much. And I'm really grateful. I don't know if they've ever heard me say this about them, but I'm really <laughs> yeah. grateful that they're always down to back me up to go skate. And, you know, everybody has busy lives. So, like, I really appreciate you showing up to skate with me and, like, you know, just coming out to the south side and, like, you know, Sometimes I go out to the north side. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, um, without further ado, I want to introduce my good friend Lillian to the show. So if you want to just, you know, state your name. <laughs> How was your morning? How's it going? Um, my my name is Lillian. Um, my morning's been going really well, I guess. I got breakfast with my partner, and then we just walked around Humboldt Park, um, you know, ran some few errands, and now I'm here. Yeah. It's really nice out today. Yeah, it's a good Saturday. Yeah. Um, usually I tell people to share their skate story, but I want to share how it is that we met. Because I don't know if you remember how we met, but I remember how we met. I usually remember how I meet everybody. <laughs> it's oh kind of weird. I remember people. I think I also do remember how you we do meet. You remember? Um, yeah. It was at, like, the Onward yes! meetup. Yes! Okay. Yeah. And then, I like, I don't think I said hi to you because I was... This was like my first like skate meetup, mm-hmm. I think, and then I was I had just like because like onward had just started out at that time, yeah. so I was like, and then I started following the group, and then I was like, oh, they're having a meetup at Troop, and then mm-hmm. I was like, okay, um, I'll go because I wanna I wanna get more involved, and then I this is also where I met Karina too. Yeah, I met Karina there yeah. too, and then I think after that I did not talk to them for like maybe like a year until like mm-hmm. you reached out to them and like got them to like skate with us a little bit more but um you know I remember like I saw you trying to working on like your 50 50s like yeah. trying to get up on the ledges 50s. and then I was like oh my god she is so good oh no I saw your ollies and I was like yo this person has some good ollies like I want to be this person's friend you know yeah. I remember it and was then, a good vibe that day um and then yeah I don't think I even because like we all introduced ourselves like in a circle um yeah. I think um but I don't even think I said hi to you. But then, like, you added me on Instagram. I was like, who this? Who this? <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a fun day. Yeah, I'm glad you remembered. Yeah, I remember Karina was, like, doing shove-its. Yeah. Like, was going up the kicker and then, like, coming back, back down, and then doing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Who else was there? I know Bella was there. I know, like, Karina's friend. Um, I forgot their name, but they mm-hmm. were also there. But it's interesting that you mentioned that it was like onward, one, like onwards, like one of the first meetups because it seems like such, like it's not that long ago. But I feel like we've all been skating with each other and we've grown so much. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to know that like there's out of these spaces that have been really about community, like a lot of these like smaller groups of like non-traditional skaters have formed and like are continue to like hang out with each other and skate. Yeah, yeah. which is like I think their ultimate goal. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. wow. Yeah. Know, right? oh. That was so long yeah. ago. That was literally like... Was that two years ago? That was May 2021. Yeah, because I had just yeah. started skating okay. at that point. Shit. And I was like, oh, I I have to get people to skate with yeah. me. Yeah. 
So now we can tr- transition to like your skate story. Cause I remember you'd mentioned you used to longboard, so mm. you were familiar with like kick pushing and stuff. Yeah. How was that transition, or what sort of like prompted you to switch over from longboard to um, skating and popsicle? So I guess like the only reason I got a longboard was I was in college and. I was like, well, I guess I'll get a longboard so I can go to class. Yeah. Um, so that was like the biggest thing. It was just like a mode from like a trans mode of transportation for me at the time, just getting from class to class. Um, and like as a kid, like I wanted to skateboard, and then my parents were like, no. So like I would like ride my friends' skate, like my neighbors' mm. skateboards. Um, we had a bunch of I think well my block was like mostly dudes growing up so like someone had a skateboard Mm -hmm. um and so I would like ride it sometimes and I remember like wanting to do it more as a kid but um I don't think my parents were too thrilled with that so I I don't even think I even asked but um so college you know got a longboard and then was it really popular for people to use longboards to to get commute yeah from like um I because you also went to U of I, right? Yeah, so, I went to U of I, and it, I don't know, I mean, I did see, a, like, a good amount of people on, like, longboards, like, in my dorm the first year, at least I saw, like, a, I don't know, at least, like, five or ten people with longboards, yeah. um, but, I don't know, like, I also had a bike, sometimes I would bike, but, like, the longboard was just so easy, you don't have to, like, yeah. park go park it. it, and then, like, run to class, like, I would just go to class and then just leave it like on the wall and then I'll just take it with when I would leave yeah. so that was really in, uh, really convenient um, but after that like I don't even know where my longboard went <laughs> at this point like I came home from college, graduated school and then like moved to Chicago um, and then like for a few years like you know I worked and then you know the pandemic hit and then I was like oh I'm gonna buy a skateboard because I have nothing to do now (laughs) I got laid off from my job at that point I was like all right I'm gonna start skateboarding so I bought like a board that actually was like like a non-pro non-for-profit (laughs) non-profit um like skate group that like a a few people in my um college actually founded um it's called giving room um shout out to giving room shout out to giving room um i don't know if they're still active because like you know every they were based like in chicago new Mm. york city atlanta so did they fabricate their own boards or um, they had their own boards and designs and stuff they also had like totes and t-shirts um but I don't really know what happened. I they might still I don't know if they're still active yeah. and but um you know, I got like my first board from them yeah. and then that was support like local. Yeah, support local for real. <laughs> I mentioned that because you're really about supporting local and yeah, like support. I really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So it's really important and like I'm like I don't know, you can there are plenty of people who will always like buy the big name stuff. Yeah. Um, but it's if you can like support local, especially, you know, because smaller brands are can be more expensive because they have yeah. more overhead but like as a person you know who has you know a stable income like i see myself like oh like this is what i can do with yeah. my income and my like money and support these right. like smaller groups um so yeah so this is like september of 2020 got my board and then 
you know, didn't really skate at all. I just got the board, I set it up. Um, and then the weather turned really bad and it was still like really bad COVID. So it's not like I was going to like indoor skate parks. I didn't have any friends who skated at this point. And then I think like fast forward to like March of 2021, I like one day it was really windy, but I was like, it's the first good day. I'm going to go to Clemente. And then mm. I tried working on some kick turns, trying to do some ollies, but you know, just by myself. And so, so where did that drive? Like, where did you, where do you think you got inspired to have that drive to like go by yourself? Self. Like, were you watching a lot of like videos? Were you watching like tutorials on YouTube? No. Or what do you think like you got like that, like adrenaline rush to say like, this is what I'm going to do? I don't know. I think it's just like, oh, I think this is really cool and I'm going to go do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, you know, I've always been someone who like really enjoys like spending time by their, themselves. Like I, do thrive in like situations where like I really do focus in and um and so like I just like put on headphones and would just go to the skate park and I think the biggest thing was like if I was alone then no one's gonna watch me fall um that was like a big thing there were like there was no one there the first day I went to Clemente it was perfect because just doing a few kick turns was so scary and I feel like I was like oh no I was gonna fall every single time um and then after that, you know, one time I went to Clemente, you know, I still hadn't met anyone at this point. This was like right the day of like onwards, like first meetup where they went to the lot. I think this was like April or May. The or lot. Something. Yeah. I haven't been there. I've, I've heard either. things, but like, yeah, I have been there. Um, it's, you know, really nice, smooth pavement. Yeah. Um, good for flat. Good for flat. Um, and so, like, this person, they, like, they were, like, oh, they were so friendly. They came up to me, and they are like, oh, you should come to the skate meetup, like, right now. And I was, like, okay. <laughs> right now. Because they had taken every, I got to Clemente, and this was at the point where they took everything away. There was nothing there anymore. Oh, okay. Um, and I was, like, okay. Um, and, like, that's kind of, like, what, like, led me to, like, go to all these different skate meetups and, like, meet you guys. So. Yeah. Um, I guess we can transition more into, like, um you're involved with involvement with froskate and like the photo shoots Mm -hmm. um like how was that experience for you to like do modeling because i know you do modeling on the side and i think that's really great (laughs) so like yeah if you want to share a little bit about that um. yeah absolutely like i think the first time i ever did anything was in 2021 like end of um end of the summer of 2021 like Carly had reached out to me and was like hey like would you want to come by and like for this situ- this situation I'm like oh cool yeah absolutely um and it was like the first time I had any- done anything like that too um and it was like a really fun experience um just you know wearing their merch and stuff and I don't know I feel like I'm awkward sometimes still in front of a camera but I was like like the photographer at the time was he was so nice he was just like really easy to work with um um and like with that like obviously I got more involved and like she also like invited me out to like more shoots and stuff for Froskate and that's that was like it's a really fun experience Mm -hmm. and like I come like my sister was a model Mm -hmm. um 
she's tall like i Wait, was she also an actor no my, my sister's an actress yes yes yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I remember this. um but like my sister's tall she's tall and skinny so she was a model for a little bit like both in chicago and new york and then so like for me i was like oh you know i'm not tall i'm like average female you are tall you are tall <laughs> i'm average compared to the average mexican you are tall <laughs> i feel like in china when i was there i was like everyone's like oh you're tall I'm like, yeah are you tall when you I'm go like, out to china yeah, yeah like i feel like um people do say i'm tall but i'm like i think i'm still average female height in china anyways so mm. i don't know but like you know my sister would model and i would i thought it was like never in the cards for me because i'm like oh i'm not like what you typically think of like as a model but like you know everyone's like trying to like not follow that like mm. pattern anymore which is nice yeah. but um when like these opportunities came up to me like oh yeah i'm gonna take it yeah um and honestly like because like i was given these opportunities like i was able to do like someone reached out to me from notra um during like a Notre? shoot it's like that clothing store in chicago that like sells like higher end like streetwear okay. or like is it like another Supreme? Is it like a? It, well, it's like not like their store? own brand. It's yeah, it's not like their own brands. They sell. It's like a. Re, it's oh, a retailer. Oh, I know what you mean. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah, I know what shops you're talking. Yeah, about. yeah. Um, so like it's you know higher end stuff, um, but like that's literally. I'm pretty sure that's how they found me. Um, nice. So like very grateful for like Froskate like providing these opportunities for me, such that like I've been able to get like more opportunities outside of Froskate for mm-hmm. modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's I don't know I don't like my a lot of people like always ask me about they're like oh do you have like are you modeling anymore I'm like no (laughs) like they're like oh you should do it more and like I would love to see you more and then like when during like the Notre shoot and like there was another shoot that I did for like a small local clothing brand called Cloyna both of them all the photographers there were like oh like you, i don't know if they were like trying to like hype me up or anything but they're like oh you're a little natural at this like are you sure you've never done this before mm. are you signed i'm like no <laughs> is no. this something that started um from your experience at froskate or yeah what, did you have that experience before or, like any type of like no. opportunities like that no i don't yeah i i'm like trying to think back i'm like have i done anything like this have i like blocked it from my memory mm-hmm. but um no, that it literally like those times with the first yeah, were like the first times. Yeah. Do you enjoy it? Is it something that you think is like kind of like a hobby or just like something that you do on the side? Because I know that you also do. Yeah. You have a band. I do have a band. Ah! Yes. <laughs> but it's just like I don't know. It's just like something that I think is. I don't know. Like it gets me out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like. I'm just, I feel like I'm always so awkward in front of the camera and like I don't know what to do like, like what am I gonna do with my hands <laughs> and then so like and then it's also like working with whoever's taking the photo yeah. and then also like making sure you're not doing the same exact thing like every like outfit change or like you know because I felt like I was like oh I'm doing the exact same pose that I did in the other outfit mm-hmm. um and so I'm like wow this is really difficult why did I think like I didn't ever think it was easy but I'm like if anyone ever thinks like this stuff is easy Mm. you are wrong Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) um but definitely like something on this side for sure I don't know if I would ever do that like a full-time because like you are essentially like I feel like you're like you're using your looks and your youth for you know income but like you might not always have that right Um, right right which is good to like capitalize on it now but 
I don't know. I like stability, I think, yeah. as a person. So So before we get into your awesome job oh, as gosh. a biochemical <laughs> engineer, uh, talk about your band. Oh, gosh. Um, I went to your first show. Oh, yeah. You brought ever. me flowers. I got you flowers. Yes. Yeah. And um, we all love your band. Noe plays it all the time. Oh, at, thank you, um, Noe. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, Lillian's band's name is Gnarly Gap. Look them up on where Spotify everywhere. Everywhere, anywhere, anywhere. anywhere. And yeah. Um, and your bandmates all skate. Yeah, we which all is skate. Pretty amazing. Um, so, and I also remember you telling me the story that you like. You tell the story that like this band is like a Craigslist band because that's how you found it. Yeah, um, it is. Tell a Craigslist. us about that story. <laughs> I love that story, and I want you to tell it. Oh gosh. Okay. So a little backstory. Like around the same time I started skateboarding in like September, October of 2020. You know, I started. I also picked up the bass. You know, I bought a bass in like 2018, but I never played it. Um, I don't know. Just like didn't have time. I. But my job was pretty demanding. Um, and then so, you know, got laid off, bought, you know, started playing the bass and like, you know, really, I don't know, really worked at it a lot. Um, like I do have an advantage because I did play violin growing up. Mm. So like a lot of things came naturally to me. And but it's still a very different instrument and so difficult. It was just there was a lot to learn and I'm still learning every day. But so like fast forward, you know, a year later so this is like september of 2021 i'm just like perusing <laughs> craigslist and then i'm like in the musician section or whatever and then it like i'm like looking for like musicians that want to start a band mm-hmm. in the area because i'm like i don't want to go to like uptown to like play with people i'm like local on <laughs> um, some and like they the location is that what people do they like go to what's this deal with like going up to uptown no no no. like i'm just saying like a different neighborhood like that Ah, is like that takes like i don't know like 20 25 minutes or something like you wanted to play with people who lived around your area and then so like if i did like have to rehearse it wouldn't be like i'm driving all the way across town you know Mm um it's like this location was like oh like near humble park i was like okay cool and then i think i remember the ad it was just like oh you know like looking for bassist and drummer um, for like a punk band Um, and these are like the influences and I'm just like well I don't really listen to punk music Um, and I'm kind of familiar with these bands but um, I think on the Craigslist ad there was also like a Dropbox of all the demos that my band the bandmate had recorded and so like I know I replied the ad I was like hey um <laughs> I've a I've been playing the bass for like a year. Um here's my YouTube link. <laughs> yeah, oh and get you this your own YouTube channel. Okay, okay. Yeah, so like a fun little backstory about my YouTube channel. I started What's like, your YouTube channel at? Um it's, how do, how do it's people find you? Arugula six six six. Um but like I just I honestly like I wanted to send like a video of me playing like a song to my friend Sarah and then I just like uploaded to YouTube and had it unlisted and then I just sent it to them and then they're like oh my god cool and I'm like you know what why don't I just make it listed mm-hmm. um and then like I think that cover was like it's a it's a Polish like post-punk band from like the 80s or 90s um it's called 
Siakira. It means axe in Polish. Mm-hmm. And then so I started just like posting more and more covers of this band. Um, and I started getting like traction randomly. And then like right now, like one of the videos got like 15,000 views. And I was like, where are you finding me? <laughs> I'm not promoting this anywhere. Yeah. I swear. <laughs> Um, so I ended up sending that video to the guy on Craigslist because I was like, hey, here's like a demo of me playing. Like I do, I did play violin for like, you know, a long time, but you know, I just started playing bass, but here it is. And he's like, okay, cool. Well, learn this song first. And then if you have time, like learn the other stuff and then we can meet at the music garage, which is where we rehearse. Um, and then, yeah, we can see if you're a fit and then, you know, so I text him, honestly, I'm like, okay, cool. You're not a serial killer, right? He's like, no. And I remember you told me that you took your partner with you. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm not going to show up to the music garage to meet a random, random male. Um, no, like, I feel like yeah, that's just like fuel sense. for like a murder story. Right, right. <laughs> You got to be careful out there. You got to be careful in Chicago. Um, I know. <laughs> but ended up working out. Um, How does that go? Does it function like an interview? Like, how was the the vibe? Um, so, like, honestly, he was just like, oh, yeah, here's the room. Here's the instrument. Here's the rig. You know, plug in here. Um, and, you know, I didn't really know anything at the time. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so, like, I had brought my bass, but he also had brought his own bass. And then, so, like, we didn't have a drummer yet. There was So he would be, like, counting us in, and I would play. And then he was like, oh, okay, cool. Were you the, later on, did you find, because now you're in the band, mm-hmm. later on, did you find out you were the only one they, like, interviewed? Well, no, or no, no. was okay. there different people that they were, like, okay. potentially looking so for? So the reason why I got the gig was because I was the first person to respond to the ad. Oh, okay. <laughs> Woo! Yes, professionalism. <laughs> yes, and I was <laughs> like, and then, and then they're like, well, you fit, so... Like, you can play the stuff. I'm like, cool. Nice. Like, it was just him, too. And then, like, uh, I th- with the drummer, I think, like, he had posted on, like, Facebook as well. And so, like, our drummer now, like, he was like, hey, I'm interested. And then he came in, like, three, like two or three weeks later and then played with us. And then we're like, all right, it's a band. <laughs> all right, it's a band. And yeah. later you found out that they they were skaters, or how did you find out? Was there? I don't really know how we all found out we were skaters, but it obviously came up. Yeah. Especially with like the band name stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Who decided on that band name? How did? What's the story behind that? I don't remember, yeah. dude. What I were the other potential names? Do you remember? No, that was, I feel like that was so long ago. Gnarly Gap was meant to be. Gnarly Gap was meant to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then we added, like, another guitarist, like, shortly, like, a few months after that. Um, and then we, like, played our first show, yeah, like you yeah. said, in April of t- last year, 2022. So I know that y'all, I don't know about now, but I remember y'all have consistently played at, like, skate-related venues. So mm-hmm. that was at the Pilsen DIY, and then yeah. y'all played at Starlight, I believe, Yeah, we right? played at Starlight. So who manages you, or what's the reason behind, like, y'all's, y'all always getting gigs at, like, skate-related places? Like, there's, like, a connection uh, there. I'm uh, curious to know how that works. Yeah, so let's see. Um, so at the Pilsen DIY, I like, our drummer, Kevin, like, he's played in, I think, a few bands, like, in the Chicagoland oh, area. Okay. So he's, like 
very well connected okay, okay. and so like he knows the people that run you know pilsen diy and everything and so like and knows like a lot of like local bands and so like when we we're putting on that show for earth day he was just like able to like get stuff like lined up like that um and then with starlight it was honestly through me so go me um (laughs) (laughs) shout out to myself myself. but (laughs) i'd gone to like starlight like a few times i remember like sending you guys like screen like in the group chat like oh i'm at starlight like it just opened up like got to know yeah yeah i remember you were one of the first people that like went like introduced me about starlight so like so early long ago like when they had just like opened up or something yeah you were like promoting them they should (laughs) should thank you yeah (laughs) you know um but like i talked to the guy and then he was just and then like i saw them posting on their instagram like hey we're trying to book for the summer because Mm -hmm. it's a big way for them to like get people to come to the skate park it's an indoor skate park in the summer when everyone's trying to skate outside yeah so like through essentially me like like contacting them and like replying to their like inquiry about like trying to book there i'm like oh yeah we can definitely do this um everyone skates everyone's gonna have a good time cool yeah do you usually skate before or after because i know you post videos uh i feel like we did um like the park before uh we definitely did both cool. um at starlight like i don't know if you remember when we were at pilsen DIY. it was raining that day I, that wasn't the first show that I was brought- the first show that was the first it show it was raining yeah it was raining that day I was like very drizzly, and then like I think, and then it's kind of drizzly, and like I feel like there were may may have maybe one person trying to skate out there, but it was just like not a good. Oh yeah, it was raining. That's why a lot of people weren't skating. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Um, Cool. Cool. Well, um, are you having any show dates coming up soon? Yeah. um, Actually, we were supposed to play. Like, do you guys know like that? Like rock club or whatever that bar on north ave called exit not familiar with it but Um, i'm sure our listeners are but um so like someone was like it's been closed for a Mm. while and like they've been trying to like redo it inside or like get it ready to be opened again and they were like planning like this massive like four three four day festival where there's like 40 bands playing total and we like you know we were able to get a spot for that but it ended up not working out because they're not gonna be able to like get the spot opened up in time i think um i'm not too sure but we had a backup plan anyway so Mm. we're playing like them friday like may 6th or 7th i'm not sure but it's it's like at a cafe situation Mm. out in like willow springs oh, i'm willow not springs i know where willow springs <laughs> yeah. um yeah somewhere there don't know the deeds cool. but yeah that's like you know we've been trying to write more music as a band and it's you know everyone's you know has like a nine to five at this job yeah. um at this, in this band so like it's you know we all have our own personal lives we have mm-hmm. to deal with and like our, our band is like mm-hmm. a very much your personal life comes first if mm-hmm. you need to do something for your family yeah. if you need to do something for your job like that comes first we're just here to like this is just like like musical outlet and yeah. so it's good to have those boundaries too. yeah absolutely so like you know we're working on like writing more songs and we want to play more and like, how does the stuff. writing process work for y'all because even like i think i've talked about this before in previous interviews like mm-hmm. the podcast that we have here like i work with noe and i work with eric mm-hmm. and so and I don't know if I told this to know you or Eric, but like this podcast would not be running without their help. You know, yeah. like I come out here, but really it's a collaborative effort. So I think in 
you know, having a band, like, how does the writing process work? Do you all have to, like, agree on something? Like, what's that like? Yeah, so I feel like with our band, like, usually, like, either one of the guitarists will, like, come up with, like, a riff or something that they want to, that they, like, thought about, like, during the week or, like, and then, like, we'll jam on it as a band Mm. or, like, because we usually record our practices, so, like, sometimes when we're just warming up, we'll just, like, jam to something, and usually, like, the guitarist, um, one of them will, like, start, like, a a chord progression, and then I'll, like, figure it out and, like, add my own parts, and obviously, Mm. um, me and the drummer will, like, try to follow each other, and, like, because we're in the rhythm section, Mm. so, like, we'll try to come up with something like kind of together ish in in a sense like rhythm rhythmically and that's Um, all happening live yeah that's all happening live and so like there's like all these like practices where we've recorded stuff and we're like oh this riff is really cool or like this melody was cool Mm. or like that idea was cool but we've haven't gone back and like listened to it because just got lost or something it just like you know it takes a long time to like sift through all that stuff and so you know if you're gonna do that on your own time like you go home you have your job and then you're like you have to take you have your life and then you're like oh I'm like i need to sit aside time to like listen yeah, to that it's, stuff it's a process it's a mm-hmm. long process and then so i don't know like i like for the most part like well yeah no all the parts like i write my own bass lines yeah. um like i i think it's just hard for me to like come up with something like if on my own like just like from scratch but mm-hmm. like you usually like you know the guitarist will like say like oh this is cool and then like i'll work on something and say like oh i think this works well Mm -hmm. and then like um and then like see what they think and then Mm -hmm. obviously like if the drummer has like any input um but i think i don't know like because like the first songs that we all like kind of played were off of the demo that um like our guitarist um scott like he wrote all these songs but um you know, we've made the, made it our own because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of the songs have drastically changed from the demos. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, obviously, it's not like this is, like, the only correct way or, like, obviously, we have our own opinions. Like, sometimes we're like, oh, like, maybe you should do this or maybe you should do this. And then, like, sometimes we're like, oh, no, I don't like that. But someone might like it and someone might not. But, like, it always ends up, like, working out. Like, yeah. I think we're creating something that everyone's happy with. What about um, the lyrics? Like... Is that also a collaborative effort? Uh, no. Collaborative effort? No, I don't... Honestly, sometimes I don't know what he's saying. Like, like me as a person... Like, when I listen to music in general, I feel like I don't know what they're saying to begin it's with. like a bad bunny. Song. Yeah. <laughs> yep. What is he saying? Yep. And so I'm just like, well, okay. Um, but, like, he always, like, ex- like, they always explain, like, what they're singing about, but, um, and I'll, like, read it, and I'll be like, oh, okay, cool, but, um, yeah, I don't know, like, for me, I'm like, I feel like for, just for me, I'm like, oh, my focus isn't on lyrics, like, lyrics are very powerful, um, but for me, like, the focus is really on the music, mm-hmm. and yeah. how, yeah, and, like, obviously, I'll look at the lyrics and be like, oh, like, the feeling is this, this is the feeling that I'm getting from this song, but, um, that's really it lyrical wise yeah interesting yeah so i think i wanna like from what hearing you out um your band works collaboratively like you have your own little community and you 
kind of like bounce off of each other ideas mm-hmm. but that's also in a way different than skateboarding because skateboarding it's like you yourself you put your you set your goals and mm-hmm. you have to meet them and it's just like you and your board yeah and like you know in contrast to like having a band it's like you all have to work together yeah so how do you see those two like hobbies in your life and what do you enjoy about how different they are or similar yeah um i mean so i guess like both of them are very to me they're still like very individual based hobbies because Mm. like i feel like playing in a band is still like it's very challenging for me like i'm still new to oh like i'm intermediate basis now or something i don't know but i'm like i'm still trying to understand like how to write interesting bass lines what to do i'm like i started taking bass lessons like recently so like because like all those factors and like learning how to like play and like with the drummer um and then like knowing when like when to back down because like it might mesh with the vocals like Mm -hmm. if i'm doing too much like when after learning like oh i'm doing too much here but or here i can shine a little bit i can play something Mm -hmm. like a little Mm -hmm. bit more intricate um like that for me is still like a very like individual like goal for me to like get better at um and so like even though it is like a very collaborative effort there are a lot of goals that i want to see for myself within that and like i guess like that's kind of like you know skateboarding too um you know there are all these tricks i want to get and like it's a very individual sport but when you're skating with your you know friends and peers it can be like a group effort because you know you're helping each other Mm -hmm. um and then, you know, the only reason why I feel like I've gotten better in the past two years is because I started skating with people and, you know, you'll try something. I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then mm-hmm. you'll say, like, oh, I don't think I can do it, but you can I think you can try it like because like we all have our different strengths mm-hmm. and stuff. So and then like, you know, you'll ask me to like hold your hands to try something new. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. It's so it's even though it's like an individual sport, it's still you need the support of your friends and peers mm-hmm. So I feel like both aspects have their, like, individual and, like, collaborative, like, feel yeah. to it. Yeah, interesting you talk about, um, like, uh, music being, like, individual and, like, individual goals for yourself. Because I am taking a sound class this semester. And I'm kind of, like, training my ear how to listen to different sounds. And, like, what mm-hmm. you were saying, like, oh, this is my part to shine. So I think about, like, not a lot of people know how to be active listeners especially mm-hmm. when you're working with music or how to compose and write and like produce music but anyways i was just kind of thinking about yeah, that it's yeah it's important like having individual goals yeah um what is the post-production process like who does like post-production editing for oh, your gosh. band okay because y'all are on spotify <laughs> yeah i was actually talking to ej about it because ej also has a band yeah and i was like who does the, like the post-production and they were telling me that they do it on logic mm-hmm. so what's that process for y'all okay so like this is what typically happens when we record like for record like drum and bass together with like scratch vocals and scratch guitars and stuff because we need the drums and the bass to like be in time and together and then we'll record the guitars like after the fact Mm. um and then the vocals and like any other like things we want to add in like synths or like keyboards or you know other claps or effects here and there um and then so like um our old guitarist like he's done it in the past as well where he's just like messing around on 
think he uses i think yeah logic um and then he will like you know send like versions to the group and then scott will be like ah this is wrong (laughs) (laughs) or if they're like this needs to pan hard right and this needs to pan hard left and then i'm just sitting here i'm like what (laughs) yeah what is you know and then so i'm just like okay uh sure but like you know like you know they all of them have been in bands much longer than i have been playing everyone in the band knows how to play bass yeah they trained their ears whereas me and i'm just like i'm still like trying to pick up on all those things too and like learning like yeah like the different like when we mix stuff together yeah, and like, like bring, sound language too. yeah and i'm just like sitting here i'm like wow this is there's a lot going on yeah. and like um but like so we like our guitars all the guitarists like did that a lot but like when we would like our uh, the most recent ep we put out um like we recorded at um one of our friends's house like he does recording um and like mixing mastering mm-hmm. of all like of our songs and stuff so like he did it and like we he would like send us like versions and like someone would say like oh we like this or like oh can you bring this up a little bit more mm-hmm. or like oh the guitars are too loud here mm-hmm. type of situation and so like it would just be like a back and forth between yeah. us and um our friends so like that's kind of what the post-production looks like and like once everyone's happy with it then like we'll push it through nice. but like there's been like practices where we like we'll go sit in our friend like our guitarist car and then he had like really nice like speakers in his car we just like sit there and like try in to silence and like listen to like the mixes and be like okay like what do we think is what needs to be changed or like what do we like about it mm-hmm. so yeah i have a, a good question i just came up with in my head right now <laughs> what has been the gnarliest moment when you've played live like something gnarly, something gnarly that's happened in one of your uh, one of your gnarly gap shows god gnarly <laughs> that's a good question get the pun you get oh. the pun <laughs> gnarliest <laughs> thing that has happened you oh. define gnarly so it could oh. be something crazy something i don't know I don't crazy th- shit happens at shows crazy, crazy shit, shit happens th- at punk shows yeah um Honest, oh god, I'm trying to like remember. Either recall. to your bandmates, to you, oh, oh, or to the audience, an audience member. Oh, Ooh, I've got a good one. Here. I'm sorry to put my drummer on blast ah. right now. Okay, so this is actually, honestly, after like a full day of recording at um, the said person's house. And then, so, you know, our drummer, Kevin, has been. No, he has a harder job, and this dude drums with his entire body. He's just, like, putting it all yeah. in. And, like, we've taken a bunch of takes on a, a lot of different songs. We've been recording since, like, from, like, 10 to, like, 4 or mm. something. And so he's mm-hmm. dead tired. But mm-hmm. um, Garen had asked us to play as a house show for him at his apartment in Uptown. And then so we're like, well, we're not going to say no. So I, I texted the group. I was like, hey, you guys mind? Like, want to do this? Like, we're going to record all day, but let's go play the show. And all, everyone was on the board. So I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to do it. Um, so, you know, we get there. We set up, blah, blah. So we start playing the set. And then Garen has closed all of the windows in to the apartment because he doesn't want to get, like, a sound complaint, a noise complaint. Uh-huh. And mind you, this is, like, June or, like july or something i don't remember so it's hot hot day july hot, hot chicago hot yeah. day and then so you know fans going i'm we play the entire set i've tried to give kevin like the water 
like water the entire time because he dude needs water and then i think after we play our last song which is gnarly gap um he does vomit on his snare <laughs> whoa yeah while playing no like literally he, we finish and oh, then okay okay and then i just see him like kind of slumped over i was like oh my was god was it like build up like anxiety or was it just yeah it's just hot i think i don't oh, know sorry yeah. kevin <laughs> Much love. <laughs> At least he finished it. You know, he finished the song. Was yeah, like, this is it. This is Play it. This good set. Now I need a release. Yeah, it was crazy. That was a crazy Aww. set. Yeah. Did he feel better afterwards? Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> so. <laughs> I think he like honestly. I think he was fine. Okay, good. That's great. That's all that matters. You yeah. Know? Yeah, I think he was fine. Okay, cool. That does sound like a gnarly story. No more gnarly stories. Um, I don't think anything. Yeah, that's not, that's pretty gnarly. And then at the same show, like our guitarist Stan at the time, um, he broke a Garen screen door. He just like walked into it, <laughs> and it just. <laughs> I wish we had these like moments on tape. Oh, I know. Like, recorded, It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Like a documentary of gnarly gap. <laughs> gnarly gap. Um, I know that some you don't really like to talk about this. You can talk a little about this or as much about it. But um, on your IG bio, I don't know about now. Oh, yeah, it's still there. Corporate sellout. sellout. Yeah, I am. Tell a, us about why. I am a corporate sellout. corporate sellout. I mean, I think I'm less of a corporate sellout now. Um, so, like a little backstory. I graduated with like a bachelor's degree in chemical engineering, um, and then my first job out of college was for like an oil and gas company. <laughs> I love the way you say it. Uh, uh, oil I know. And gas I know. So like, and technically I was selling my soul for, you know, like to make good money. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, oil and gas, like I don't, it's, I don't, it's never going to go away. I don't think. Um, so I like, I was just like, you know what? This job is interesting. It, because how they marketed it was like for the first year and a half you're now like a rotational program um you'll have like three rotations and three these three like different rotations you had like operations like tech service and then like engineering and then after this rotation you went to something called field service and mm-hmm. this is a full-time travel job mm-hmm. so like they paid for you to like move out of your apartment and ship all your stuff back home yeah. um and then like while you're in field service you you got like you know everything paid for you got like a daily like a daily meal stipend and then like a f- car and like f- a hotel if you needed it so like, they would pay like two out of the three while you're in the home office in the chicagoland area um and then so you know you got sent all over the world mm-hmm. and like you never really knew where you were going next um it's a pretty crazy job like yeah. thinking about it like going to places that i would never go to like for vacation or anything but like these places are not like glamorous you're going to like petrochemical like places and refineries Mm -hmm. they're not in like glamorous places like i was in middle of nowhere like china for like five months like a small city in china is still like a hundred thousand people but like the 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 petrochemical plant itself was like in the middle of nowhere um so like just like things like that like that like the year and a half that I was in that position in the field service like I was making pretty good money but I was like I gave up my entire life mm-hmm. you know I don't really 
felt like I had no personality. Because yeah. um, like you talking about because like about my this, yeah. people would just be like, oh, like, oh, your job is so cool. Where were you? Like, how is this country? Blah blah blah. Like people really glamorize it, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's fine. Like it is cool at the time, but like looking back on it, like I didn't have any hobbies. I didn't have like any interests. I felt like I. There was nothing more to me than just a job. Like I, I was me, and I had a job, and that was it. And like at that point, I, I feel like I was still like in a situation of like, oh, like I feel like job is like the most important part of me right now because like it is taking up all of me. But when I got laid off from that job, I was like, oh wait, there is an entire side of me that I need to express and like have hobbies and like become a more well-rounded person than like a person who is you know just so dedicated to their job.、Um, But yeah, I am a corporate sellout because I feel like, you know, it, like yeah, especially at that job, I like you know really liked the stability that the job gave me, like、mm-hmm. financially, and like still now, like I some sometimes you know every day I think about like oh what if I didn't have like a corporate job or what if I like freelanced,、um, but at the end of the day, I I think I really do like the stability.、Um, Just from what my job is able to give me,、um, and so like since then I've changed, like I've gotten a new job.、Yeah. And so this what was one, the tipping point for you to leave that, that、oh, job? Well, I got laid off, so、oh, okay, not、okay. my choice.、And、that was during COVID, right?、Mm-hmm, June of twenty twenty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was. So it worked、fun. out well then. Like, yeah. It, job. Yeah, like I'm a person who's also like things happen for a yeah, reason,、definitely. and also it was definitely a, a blessing in disguise because I feel like I've you know got to pursue like things that I've always wanted、yeah. to do, but also like I feel like the the t- like the two years that I lived in Chicago when I s- had that job like. I don't. All my friends were work friends. I don't think、mm. I had like any like friends outside of work or like friends from like high school or college that I would like keep in touch with. I felt like I had like no like friends that、yeah. shared like similar interests, similar values.、Um, and so like once I got like laid off, I was like, oh, like oh, did I have anything in common with my coworkers? Um, and like a lot of them, I did, but like a lot of them, I'm like, we were, I think we were just situational friends, you know, and、mm-hmm. like I felt that way with like a lot of college friends too, and so like since joining like the skate and like the music community, it makes Chicago feel so much smaller. Like I was literally talking about this like yesterday and today with a few friends. Like yesterday, like I ran into a few people like on the street, and then today I ran into like a bunch of people on the street. I was like, wow, like this is. If you told me this would have happened to me like in five like five years ago, like I would have been like, no, you don't know anyone.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> But、um, I don't know. Like now, I feel like I'm less like less of a corporate sell, but I still I don't I don't really see myself leaving corporate America anytime soon, which is sad. But,、um, But it allows a more me, balanced life. Yeah, you know, it allows me to like pursue my you know hobbies. Like playing bass is not. Cheap and like I want to buy more bases. I want to buy like better like audio equipment. equipment yeah. yeah, like that、oh, stuff is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Like、and、access to tech.、Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, and just like being able to like take vacations, and like still getting like using like PTO for it and stuff like is nice. So you've 
now at your new job you mm-hmm. have you have traveled to places. I have traveled. Yeah. So now that skateboarding is in your life, how have you incorporated like skating at other places? Oh, when you travel. Yeah, I wish I did this when I at my my field service job because I went to all these like really cool places in the world, and I just wish I took up skateboarding then, but. Um, every single time I go to like a customer, I always like search like skate parks near. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the one customer that I've been really going to a lot in Wisconsin, it's only an hour away from Madison. Madison. So like there have been many times I will like I'll just go to Madison if I get off early or if you know it's the end of my trip, I'll just drive straight to Madison and then skate. Um, and then come back. Yeah, I think you were the one that kind of convinced like me and Novi to go out uh, and to Madison. check out that bowl. Oh yeah, yeah that bowl is like, the Let's best. Go check it out. And then like Karina was it like you know mm-hmm. is from there. And then like my friend Sophie was living there at the time. So mm-hmm. it's like, what more reason do we need to go? Yeah, but, yeah. It's, it's a quick. I don't know from yeah, here, it's two hours quick, yeah. drive. It's yeah, good. It's good. Yeah, cool. Um, we're down to like the last couple of questions, but what if you could like really drill it down like what mm-hmm. drives you to ha- to like push yourself in like challenging situations you know because you've left the job mm-hmm. um that you were on unco- well you got laid off <laughs> and then you've yeah. learned how to like balance out your lifestyle and you know you decided to take up this uh, hobby like playing bass mm-hmm. and even skating and like signing up for lessons you were telling me before the interview like you were taking lessons for how to use um, um ableton yeah so what like i guess what does your inner like voice tell you you need to learn like you need to keep learning absorbing you're like you need to change it up like how do you get into that habit because i think for people like us that like skate and like have other hobbies it just comes very easily but rarely do we think about like why is it that i'm pushing myself to like do this crazy trick or like you know yeah yeah honestly i've been thinking about that lately so you know it's so stupid but it's honestly imposter syndrome mm. it's like because like people view look at you and you're like probably just automatically assume you can't do stuff or like because like you know music industry so male dominated um mm-hmm. uh, skateboarding yep. community skateboarding scene is so male dominated and i feel like i know i don't have to like prove myself but like i want to for some reason i'm like i want to impress these people make sure that they think i belong or i can play the bass i don't want them to be like oh she just got in the band because she's a chick um Mm. i want them to be like oh she's in the band because she's really good yeah Um, she's she's put in that work she's put in the work yeah this is her spot yeah and it's, it's like it's just like my own insecurities that is essentially just projecting through this and that's what really drives me the insecurities which is Something that I, you know, I work really hard on to get over these insecurities and like care less about what people think. But at the end of the day, like a lot of that is what drives me. And I think, you know, that's, I don't think that's anything to be ashamed of because you, everyone has their insecurities, but if yeah. it helps you in a beneficial way, yeah. then, you know, yeah. it can also, it can help you get over the insecurity, but also just like help you in the skills that whatever you're trying to like get over, like the skills that you're trying to acquire, um, like getting better at bass for me. Um, because like sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know how to do this. Like I can't do this. Um, don't know if I'm doing this correctly. Um, but at the end of the day, like all of that, because I feel like I need to get better because I feel like I need to prove myself that drives me. And then at the end of the day, when I come back and like, look at like my progress videos on my YouTube from like three years ago, like 
that's honestly what is like oh that's so cool i actually did improve mm-hmm. and that was like a big thing with with my youtube channel too was like i'm posting this just for accountability i'm not trying to get like views and followers like i do not promote that stuff like i i don't think i told anyone except like a few close friends at the time like oh, i'm posting this on youtube come check it out mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. like literally i think all of my like followers or subscribers on youtube are just random people from eastern europe right now <laughs> yeah. like this weird Listen niche those cover, yeah. weird niche of um eastern european people um but and like that was just yeah again like just for accountability just to like make sure i'm practicing every day making sure i am getting better training my ear better mm-hmm. learning more techniques um and that's like honestly why I'm taking bass lessons now. Like I think I'm doing this all out of order. Like play, learn how to play bass, and then join a band, play live shows. But now, like three years later, I'm like, okay, let's get Time a teacher. To take yeah. yeah, but even I've only been taking lessons for like a month or two. But I feel like I've already been able to like, implement all of the stuff mm-hmm. that he's like taught me like immediately. Like I notice it consciously when I'm like in rehearsal. I'm like, oh, I need to be taking like. A glance at this paying attention to this so like all of that combined like my desire to get better is just because my insecurities yeah no it's so beautiful that you mentioned that because yeah like i also judge myself and i'm like i need to get better at this or like you really need to tell yourself like you can do this like you yeah. need to train your mind and it also helps being around supportive friends that believe oh, in you right yeah. like when I tell you, like, I think you could do it. Like, yeah. you got it. You're, like, already there. You, you can do it. And then and you I'm believe like, in yourself. <laughs> yeah, and then, then you start to, like, actually believe that you can do it when someone reassures you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, like, thinking about it. Like, our minds and the drive that we have to push ourselves. Yeah. Um, it's so amazing. And, I don't know. I think you've, you've come a long way. And... Yeah, I don't know. I'm still reflecting on it. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I don't know. I don't, we've both come a yeah, long way. Like, has. it's been, yeah, two years, and I feel like we've grown a lot, like, in our skating careers, but also just, like, as, like, well rounded humans. Yeah. I think it's reflected a lot in, like, our personal lives, mm-hmm. too. Just, like, exciting to see everyone grow. Right, and, right. Yeah. Um. So, just to wrap up, like, what's, what's next for you this summer? Um, Oh, it's gosh. spring is it still spring technically it is, kind of yeah summer? it is still it's like spring. it feels like summer outside but Dude, what's next summer. for you um so let's see okay so hopefully i don't get sent to texas because my boss i feel like she just like voluntold me and was like hey you you want to you want to go and i was like maybe i like didn't say no i was like oh i mean i'd be interested in the opportunity because like granted it is like a good like learning experience for Mm -hmm. me and like it would get i don't know it would like give me like a lot of leverage for like a new position if i ever wanted it just like good experience um but if i do do that i'll be in texas for the foreseeable future i'll like come home every two weekends or something like that but i'll be skating yes (laughs) but um other than that honestly just if i yeah if i don't do that like definitely play more bass but also like continue building like the friendships and relationships that i do have that i already had because i feel like you know we've known each other for two years and i feel like oh finally like 
I'm at a place where like I have like a good like support system mm-hmm. and I've gotten to know like the people that we skate with like really well and like yeah. building like really good relationships mm-hmm. with them and I really want to c- like continue that because you know relationships you do need a all relationships you require like work you work. need to like make sh- like keep up with them and like make sure you know you feel seen in the relationship yeah. and also you have to make effort and so right. like I don't want that to be like just I don't know gone given away right. or something so like definitely just making more time with my friends yeah. skating more finding new spots um playing more bass and just I don't know yes. that's that's living really a good it. life living the good life and going outside a yeah. lot also for folks that don't know I'm just gonna share this you're a foodie you, oh gosh yeah you love to eat you also love to try new foods mm-hmm. i remember when i took you to the chalupa event mm-hmm. and jerry's and jerry's mom made um like chicharrones yeah cueritos. yeah and and uh, you were like what's that and i was like oh it's like a like pigskin and you were like okay and you tried it and you loved it so yeah because there's like a similar thing in like ch- chinese cuisine it's mm-hmm. like a pickled yeah. like pig skin situation yeah. and it's like the seasoning's different, but um, so good. I love it. Yeah. I I love food. I love to cook. Yeah, you also oh. cook. I was gonna say. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I I'm also very excited to eat more food. So. so if anybody ever wants to introduce Lillian to new food, Lillian, yes, loves to explore new food. Cool. So I think this wraps our interview. Thanks for coming out. Uh, this is a really good talk. Oh, I'm yes. glad that you were able to like just talk about a lot of things that are very real that people don't know and don't see about you and i'm excited for your band yes and hopefully you don't get sent to texas but (laughs) maybe that'll be a reason for us to visit you yeah absolutely well thank you so much janet for having me on the show thanks for being here all right thank (laughs) y'all